Good morning. Special greeting to our second graders and their families, our new members, our baptismal families, and all of our eight o'clock worshipers who forgot to spring ahead. Our text for today from Isaiah chapter 52. Let's hear those three verses again. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them they see, and that which they have not heard, they understand. This is God's word for us today. You can have a seat. So today is the the first Sunday in the season of Lent in the church here. It's a very solemn time of year. It's a very somber time of year. The alleluias are gone from the songs of the church. Many of us have given something up as a spiritual practice during this time of year. And we tend to focus on our sin and our need for repentance even more than we Lutherans normally do. Well, during Lent this year, Uh, we're going to be taking an in-depth look together at some of the most important words in the Bible, uh, some very famous verses from the book of Isaiah. We'll be getting to the the most well-known of those in the coming weeks in Isaiah chapter 53, but today uh, we're starting with the text that we've heard a couple times today, Isaiah 52, 13 through 15. And I'd invite you to grab a Bible from the, the pew rack in front of you, or second graders, you have your Bibles with you. If you want to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 52, kind of follow along as we go through those verses, and you can also take a peek ahead at what we'll be looking at throughout the next few weeks in chapter 53. So, as you turn to that, uh, last week, you might remember, was Transfiguration Sunday, and Vicar Wolf had a, a very simple message for us with two instructions. Do you remember what those were? What did he tell us to remember to do? I hear it very quietly. Look and... Listen. We're supposed to look at Jesus and we're supposed to listen to what he says. Well, in our text for today, in Isaiah chapter 52, we're told much the same thing. Isaiah begins this very important section in the Bible with three words. What are those first three words in in verse 13? Yeah, behold, my servant. The first word there, behold, is the Hebrew word hine. It's all over the place in the Old Testament. Um, It can be translated as behold, and it usually is. But it could also be translated like, look, or hey everybody, or check this out. It's a signal to us, whenever that word comes up, that whatever follows it is incredibly significant. And so today and and throughout the season of Lent here, we're going to be paying very close attention to what follows this word. We are going to behold. And what are we going to behold? Yahweh's servant. In the book of Isaiah, there are four so-called servant songs, these special sections that are set apart to tell us about this servant of Yahweh, this servant of God, and to describe his mission. 
The first one's in Isaiah chapter 42, and, and that one actually also begins with the same three words, Behold my servant. Throughout the first three servant songs, we're, we're told a lot about this servant. We're told that, that he will have the spirit of Yahweh on him, that he will bring forth justice, that he's going to open the eyes of the blind, that he's going to bring Israel back to God and serve as a light for the nations. But who exactly is this servant? We're given a pretty good idea in those first three songs, but here in the, the fourth servant song that we're going to be looking at together, we're given the clearest picture. So Yahweh says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. Now this is a really powerful statement. And the fact that it says that the servant is high and lifted up provides a strong hint as to who he is. Because throughout Isaiah's entire prophecy, only one is referred to as high and lifted up. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah sees God himself on the throne, high and lifted up. In chapter 57, the one who is high and lifted up is he who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. In other words, he who is high and lifted up is Yahweh, is God, is the Lord. The servant is high and lifted up, and so the servant is Yahweh. The servant is God himself. And this is amazing. It's amazing that God himself chooses to serve Israel and and to serve us. And we're going to find out as we go on in the next few weeks that he serves us by coming to us to suffer with us. The servant of Yahweh is Yahweh himself. The servant of Yahweh is Jesus. And our text for today really serves as kind of an introduction, a prologue to the story of what Jesus will come to do as prophesied in chapter 53. Martin Luther was once talking about this whole section, this last servant song, and he said, this is the foremost passage on the suffering and resurrection of Christ, and there is hardly another like it. Many of you have maybe heard of, of Lee Strobel. Now, he was a, still is, I think, a journalist um, who really struggled with the existence of God, and so he decided to take his journalistic professional skills and put them to use to try to determine if Jesus really is the Christ. And so he recorded his findings in a book that I I know at least some of us have read called The Case for Christ. What you may not know is The Case for Christ is also the name of a, a documentary that he put out where he shared some of these findings in video form. And I'd like to share with you just a, a short clip here from that movie, The Case for Christ, where a professor of Jewish studies tells a, a story about one of his friends and this last servant song of Isaiah. I had a friend who wrote this out on a piece of paper. He typed it up on his computer without any verse notations. And he took it around to everyone uh, in his office. He worked in a big office for a motor vehicle bureau in one of the big, big states in our country. And he showed it to everyone in the motor vehicle bureau and uh, in the state capitol. And he said, just tell me who this is and where it comes from. 
And every single person that looked at it, Jew or Gentile alike, it didn't matter. Everyone that looked at it read it, and he said, who is this? They said, oh, it's obviously Jesus of Nazareth. That's who it is. And it's from the New Testament. And then my friend would say, but no, it's not from the New Testament. It's from the Hebrew Bible. It was written eight centuries before Jesus came. Can you believe this? And he showed it to them from Isaiah. And people really had a hard time. Because if you read this passage without any kind of presuppositions or bias, you will read it and it will be really clear that this is the life of, of Yeshua. This is the life of Yeshua. This, this is the life of Jesus. This prophecy from Isaiah is clearly about Jesus. And the prophecy is clear about what Jesus will undergo for us. This prophecy says that Jesus, Yahweh's servant, will undergo suffering and vindication, humiliation, and exaltation. Or in the words of the title for our sermon series this Lent, Agony and Ecstasy. The Agony and the Ecstasy is the title of a book by Irving Stone. It was also made into a movie years ago um, about the artist Michelangelo and kind of the, the struggles and the triumphs of his artistic process. As our pastoral team got together to, to talk about this series, we thought that would be a fitting title for us as well. Because in Isaiah 53, we hear in excruciating detail about the agony that Yahweh's servant will suffer. But we also hear about the ecstasy he will have when he accomplishes his mission. Here at the end of chapter 52, in, in the prologue of this servant song, the title could easily be reversed. The ecstasy and the agony, because it starts us off with the exaltation of Christ. The song begins by showing us the triumphant outcome of the servant's suffering. As we've already heard, he shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. Now, in addition to cluing us in that this servant is Yahweh himself, it also reveals to us the glory of Jesus. Last week, we sat mesmerized as Jesus revealed his glory to Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. The glory that they saw there is the glory of the Son of God from eternity. The glory that we too will see when he appears again in majesty. This is the true nature and, and power and might and honor and strength of Yahweh's servant. And here is the shocking and incredible truth spoken to us by Isaiah. This exalted one, the one who inhabits eternity, stepped into time for us and inhabited the virgin's womb. This one who reigns over all of heaven and earth left heaven to come to earth to suffer and die and be laid in a sinner's tomb. As Isaiah puts it here in the prologue, his appearance was so marred. To be marred means to be impaired, to, to be disfigured almost beyond recognition. Isaiah is prophesying about the absolutely inhuman treatment that the Son of God will undergo the whipping and, and the beating and the crucifying that will leave him looking barely even human. The unthinkable and unpalatable will be leveled against Yahweh's servant by our broken human nature that has been marred and impaired and disfigured. And I'm not just talking about the Roman soldiers on Good Friday. With every act of disobedience, we spit in the face of God. 
with every lustful thought, every word of gossip, every underhanded business dealing, every time we turn away from those who need help, every whiff of pride in our hearts, with every sin, we whip and beat and crucify our Lord. The focus of our hearts during Lent should be this, that we sinners took the Son of God and nailed him to a cross, inflicting on him the greatest of agony. This should produce in us a real and cutting sorrow deep down. It should awaken us to the alarming reality of our sin that we so often sleep right through. And then it should awaken us to the great grace of our God and his servant because Yahweh's servant came to be our servant. So is your life marred by mistakes in your past that still hurt? Is it impaired by a callous heart that so often forgets or ignores God? Is it bent out of shape by the results of your sin? Jesus was marred even more for you. The one who was and is high and lifted up from the beginning of time was high and lifted up on a cross for you. For you, he was tempted in the desert by Satan. For you, he was despised and rejected and underwent extreme agony. For you, his appearance was marred beyond human semblance that he might erase the corruption of sin from your heart and restore to you true and perfect humanity. And everyone, everyone who calls on his name will be saved. So in the weeks to come, we'll be hearing more about the agony and the ecstasy of Jesus. It's a heart-wrenching, at times violent story. But it's also a heart-restoring, ultimately vindicating story. And here in the prologue of that true story, in the beginning, we are already told the end. So shall he sprinkle many nations. With his bitter agony, with the blood of his cross, he will sprinkle all people. In the waters of baptism, that blood washes us as white as snow. And so during this Lenten season, we do focus on the harsh reality of our sin. And we stand in awe of Yahweh's suffering servant who came to be marred by us and for us. Isaiah says, kings shall shut their mouths because of him. A reaction of revulsion at the Son of God will give way to a reaction of submission when every knee will bow and every tongue confess the lordship of the servant who came to suffer for us. Here at the beginning of the story, we are given the end of the story. So as we begin this journey of Lent, may the glory of the one who has sprinkled us with his blood leave us speechless in awe and thanksgiving as we behold the servant of Yahweh and live out this season in repentant joy. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.